Welcome to the Kingdom Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Dustin Box. For more great content, visit klcmain.com. Thanks. All right. You guys can please sit down. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been introduced like that or in my home church. I mean, come on. <laughs> wow. I feel like I have to tell stories now. I do have a really big message that I'm going to try to, like, condense down. Uh, I've been in a, in a wild, wild journey for the last several months. Um, it started actually almost a year ago, and uh, God took me into a process of going deep into, like, stuff in my own life and stuff in my own heart. Um, started me with a counselor over Zoom. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I got to find someone good. Got to sit down and um, just bit by bit unpacking stuff in my life that has been buried for, I mean, since I was, I mean, technically four years old, you know. It's where stuff started for me. And um, in that process, God started to redefine several areas of, like, core life, uh, God's nature, my heart towards people. And if that hadn't have happened in that process, this last summer would have probably destroyed me. And so we, this morning, I, all week I've been praying, God, what am I supposed to be preaching? It's been a little bit since I preached here on a Sunday morning because I've been down at South Campus. And um, this morning I feel like I'm going to try to condense down some of these core uh, things down into a, a short message this morning. Is that okay? You guys ready for this? This morning's message could be mistaken as something really, really simple. And, and on the surface, it really is. It truly is. We're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about God's nature. Um, but the reality is that it's something way more profound. And, and for me personally, the way that I look at God has completely shifted. The way that I experience him has changed. And so we're going we're gonna to get into that. I want you to start with Psalm 103. I have a bunch of verses this morning. So flip over to Psalm 103. <clears throat> I have been just stuck in this psalm for the last probably three or four months. Um, I, I absolutely love it. We're just going to read the first couple verses this morning. <clears throat> it says this in verse 1. A psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives some? Thank you. All your iniquities. He forgives all of them. Okay. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Go back here. It says, who crowns you with loving kindness. The word loving kindness there is the Hebrew word chesed. That's the last time I'll probably say it properly. <laughs> I'm going to probably just say it hesed like a white boy that I am um, just for the sake of simplicity. But, I, you know, not to be offensive in any way. Just it's going to come out that way. It's, it's the Hebrew word hesed. Now, this word is really interesting. It's, it's a very, very deep word. On the surface, it can mean mercy, covenantal love. It can mean in this translation here, the, the translators back in the 1500s, they invented the word loving kindness to try to capture what Hesed meant in this passage. Linguists in, in studying this word have found that there's not a single language on the planet that has a word that carries the same meaning and depth as the word Hesed. 
There's not, a, there's not a single word in any language that can be translated directly and carry the same weight and meaning. And one of the things that they have sort of the conclusion that they've come to is that it's unique to the Hebrew language because God chose to introduce himself. We're going to look at it in a second in Exodus 34 as the God of Hesed. And he chose to display his nature and, and his identity through that story. And no other language had that unique expression. And so there was never a need to have a word that carried with it this, the meaning of this word. The word can be defined like this. Uh, Michael Card defines it this way. When the person from which I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. I'm going to read this again. When the person from which I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. This is the word hesed. And we, it, 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 you can say love because in its root, it's the expression of pure love, of true, true love. Paul, right, the Apostle Paul, uh, as, a, as, a, as a Hebrew scholar, as a, as a Pharisee before he, you know what I mean, before he had an encounter with Jesus, his attempt to define the word in Greek is 1 Corinthians 13. That whole, like, the famous love chapter, everyone's following with me, it took him an entire chapter to try to capture the intensity and the depth of the word chesed. So he's describing all these things, like you could do all these amazing things and not have love, or you can... And it goes through, and they use the, the Greek word agape, but it only, it only scratches the surface of it. He has to go through all of these verses to try to describe and capture the depth and the implications of what this means. This is, it's, it's really, really important that we, that we capture this, because what, what this verse says in Psalms, right, in verse, in, in verse 4, it says, He crowns you with loving kindness. My whole life, I have heard that phrase, he's crowned you with loving kindness, or, or other, other phrases, you know, he's crowned you with, with whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And I've always pictured it as a way to describe how I've experienced this thing from God. And, you know, on the surface, that's okay. That it, does, it does carry that. But what happens when you're wearing a crown? Everybody that walks up to you is going to see this bright, shining object sitting on your head. God has chosen to crown you with his very nature. The, the implications, the point of this is that when people interact with you, you can't help but have this word on your head, loving kindness. And unfortunately, your behavior oftentimes doesn't match up with the with the branding, with the, with the sign that is on your head declaring this is God's nature. That's a heavy, heavy implication, isn't it? If God has chosen to crown you with his nature, Hesed, he's chosen to put this on you as a display of his nature. When people interact with you, they should be interacting with God's nature. The conversations you have should reflect God's nature. The way that you talk about difficult circumstances should reflect not your nature. It shouldn't reflect your opinions or your attitudes or your difficulties or your offenses or your pains. It should reflect his nature. Because he's chosen to crown you with his loving kindness. He's taken his loving kindness 
fashioned it into a crown and said, you're my children, wear this crown. And now you're walking around with a crown that's declaring his nature. And yet your behavior is in a process. And I understand we're all in a process, thank God, because, I mean, for real. I'm saying you give me a bunch of gluten and you will not be discovering God's nature through my attitudes. I'm just saying. Or those first couple weeks without coffee, whoa. Dude, that, that first staff meeting, dude, that first staff, it was, I was like three days in. I was three or four days in. Literally came in Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. I sit down. I thought I was fine. And everybody was like, dear Lord, what happened to you? It's like, I'm fine. What's your problems, guys? Leave me alone. He's being a bunch of jerks at this table. I'm fine. I'm, yeah, I'm crowned with love and kindness. What's your guys' problems? And they're like, dude, seriously, what's happened? I'm like, it's been like three days and I haven't had any coffee. And they were like... Okay, we give you grace, you know. It was, that was rough. Just saying. There was no loving kindness coming from my life in that, in that moment. I want you to turn over to Exodus 34 real quick. Because this is, this is a pivotal, pivotal verse that, that is, is connected to the, the idea of hesed. It's Exodus 34. This is where... Where Moses, right, where actually God has invited all of the children of Israel to come up and meet him. Do you understand that the invitation to come up the mountain was to everyone? And they all replied in fear and said, if we go up there, we're going to die. Moses, you go. <laughs> you can die for us because we don't want to die. They said, Moses, you go up the mountain. You go talk to God on our behalf, and we'll believe whatever you say. When you come down, we're, we're gonna, we'll, we'll believe that. That's fine. You just tell us what God is saying. And God was waiting at the top of the mountain to introduce himself to his people. It was him calling. <laughs> and no one was picking up. The timing, guys, the timing of that, I mean, that was... I, I couldn't avoid it. I might, please, please don't be hurt. I, it's, I just couldn't avoid that one. You guys have missed me, haven't you? Come on. Come on. <laughs> I've missed you too. Listen, so Moses, he goes up to the mountain. God says, carve these, these, ta these tablets, come up the mountain. Moses goes up to the mountain, and God's waiting there for him. And this is how God introduces himself. Exodus 34, verse 5. It says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in hesed and truth. His first introduction to his people, they've just been taken out of slavery they're, they're at the bottom of Mount Sinai. And his introduction, he says, the first thing you need to know about who I am is that I am abounding in Hesed. You can't run out of it. The first thing he says, I'm the Lord, the Lord God, right? Merciful and gracious, long-suffering. Long-suffering. And abounding in goodness and truth, abounding in hesed. 
And then he repeats it, verse 7, keeping Hesed for thousands. Do you hear me? And not only is he abounding in Hesed, but then he says, I'm keeping it for thousands, not just for you. For thousands. This is, this is intense. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Guys, this is massive. And then he, then he, then he does say, like, and by no means, like, there's guilty people. Like, if you, if you don't engage in this, like, there's consequences. But you understand that the, the first thing he's, he's saying, you have to understand the very first thing that you encounter coming to God is mercy and grace and hesed. This is huge. What do people experience when they first encounter you? What happens when they forget to put the right order in your takeout? <laughs> Just saying. We're all like politely taking off the crown of Hesed. <laughs> I will wear a different hat today. It's called justice. It's more judgment than justice, but... Right? Okay. So are you guys understanding? This is like a super intense thing. This is, this is really important. God intends that you are crowned with his nature. Do you understand? Like I, I'm going to keep coming back to this point. We're going to circle this all morning long. God intends that you are crowned with his nature. Not yours. Not your sense of self-righteousness or self-justification. Not your sense of like, I deserve this. No, you actually are called to display his nature. Those interactions and those, those ways of talking and treating each other and engaging with each other and, and, and even like the, the idea of building business and all of the, the components of what that looks like. That God intends that you become a beacon of his nature. That you have this crown that people walk in like, oh my goodness, what is this? And it's God's nature, and they're, 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 they're blasted by it. Are you following me? Good. Because <laughs> I'm saying the same thing like a thousand times. So hopefully. It's not just that he gives you chesed. Like I said, it's that you are chosen to display it. When people look at you, they should see God's nature. When they interact with you, they should be experiencing chesed. You are crowned with Hesed. I want you to flip over to the New Testament. Is that okay? Matthew 18. I'm doing a good job moving through this. I have like so much. Like I just got done with a four-week series on Hesed, by the way, guys. So this one word, I'm just saying, and like I barely scratched the surface. Four weeks. So you guys all missed out. I'm just saying. I got to pit the campuses against each other just a little bit and some, like, friendly competition. Just, you said competition. You said, oh, it's like gang beasts up in here. You know what I'm saying? Pastor Panda's at the pulpit. Uh, unrelenting. I'm about to throw down. The warrior spirit. Wow. Tim set me up. All right. Matthew 18, verse 21. You guys know it. Hopefully you know this verse. I'm going to read the whole passage and then we're going to get it. Gonna, oh my goodness, going to get into it. Verse 21, it says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Man. 
you know, I just imagine Peter just, like, being super, like, you know what I'm saying? He's really hoping for, like, Jesus to be like, nah, seven's too much. More like five. It's like, oh, phew. You know what I mean? It's like he's, like, taking a number and, like, stretching. Like, man, aren't I such a good disciple, Jesus? Seven times. <laughs> Whew. Amazing. Here I am, your chosen one, Peter, the gracious. Seven times. And Jesus, what does Jesus say? He says, nope, I do not say to you up to seven times. Peter's like, oh, phew, good, all right, I can do it less. But up to 70 times seven. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> How many times have you sat with someone and you said, I'll forgive you if you don't do it again? How many times have you, you thought in your heart, like, man, if, if this person ever does this again, then, then, then I can forgive them. I'll forgive you when I can see that you're not going to do this again. This is huge. No, we're not talking about trust here. We're not talking about boundaries. We're talking about forgiveness, God's nature. To fully understand boundaries, we have to understand grace. We have to understand forgiveness. And we're not talking about, you know, a violent criminal who's trying to break into your house and rob you. We're talking about somebody that you're interacting with on the street. We're talking about a family member that God's called you to love and bring compassion and grace to. Boundaries without places of access are security fences. Look around this room. We have walls, right? They're good walls too, right? Middle of winter, blizzard going on, nice and cozy in here, right? There's these two wonderful things called doors. They're clearly marked. You want to come in? Right here. There's a place of access. If your boundaries don't have a place of access, they're not boundaries, and they don't reflect God's nature. It's just, I, like, we're not going to deviate from God's nature in this category. God doesn't make a list and says, if you perform to these expectations, you can experience my grace and mercy. He doesn't do that. He says, come to me and experience my nature. Forgiveness is rooted in the nature of God. It's not rooted in what you deserve or don't deserve. Do you understand? God forgives you because it's his nature. Do you understand you experience his mercy because he's a merciful God? It's his identity. It's his nature that extends. You don't deserve anything from him. And yet, you get to actually go to him and like with confidence, knowing you don't deserve any of it. And he's about to give you all of it. I mean, that's, it's, if you go back and you really start looking at this word hesed, especially in, in Psalms, it's mentioned over 250 times in the Old Testament, and over 150 of those times are in Psalms, specifically Psalms, in, in creative expressions coming close to the proximity of God's throne, and all they can do is sing about hesed. You understand that, like, this, this, this idea is that, like, you... You come to God and, and you read these verses and it says, according to your goodness, do this thing. According to your hesed, do this thing. Like, go back. I'm telling you, go do a study on it. It'll rock you. 
But that is the nature of mercy and forgiveness that this verse is talking about. All right, we got to keep going. Are you guys okay? We're going to bring it up. I got intense, and then we're going to we'll, we'll bring it up. Hopefully, I'll find a funny story in here somewhere to lighten the mood. All right, it says this. Therefore, in other words, no, up to 70 times 7, Jesus says. Therefore, in other words, this is connected. Get it? Because of this, I'm about to tell you something. The kingdom of heaven is like, we're about to read what the kingdom of heaven is like. Are you ready? I just have to be clear about this because sometimes we read this and we forget we're actually reading a description for us to understand something deeper here. This isn't just to inspire you to forgive your neighbor because he parked in your driveway or knocked over your sign. Do you know what I'm saying? This is deep here. All right. Kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Okay, this is the equivalent of, a, of a more than a lifetime's worth of wages at the time. This is like you, in other words, this debt was so large that if he had spent his entire, the rest of his life working, he wouldn't have been able to pay it off. Okay, just to translate it into modern, modern money. But he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold Oh, uh, hold on a second. Yes, sold his wife and children, all that he had, and all that payment be made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him and saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant laid hands on, oh, but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 denarii. Now, this is not a small amount of money. I've heard this talk, like, from the time I was little, that, like, this is illustrating. Like, this guy was forgiven this massive amount of money and then went out to go collect this little, like, little, little sum of money. That's not what this is. This is, a, this is a year's worth of wages. He's actually collecting a big debt. Do you understand? Like, this is, it'll circle back around, just saying. We, we lose the power of this because we've so minimized what this servant was going through that we can't apply it to our life because we self-justify and say, but it's not like this crazy situation I was in. Do you understand? Like, I know I've been forgiven a lot, but, however, I was filling super tragic events. I don't want to be gruesome here, mixed company and, and stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, fill in worst of the worst, and we... Then we, we remove ourselves from the story and the implications of the story because why we're self-justifying. This is a large amount he's going to collect. We need to rem remind ourselves that, okay? A <clears throat> hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. I like, took him by the throat. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, it's just funny. There's like verses like this in the Bible where I'm like, <laughs> just grab someone by the throat. Can you imagine? Just grabbing someone and be like, pay me what you owe me. Shaking him. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet, begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Oh, same, same phrase he used. Same phrase. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved, and they came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So, and listen to this, guys. 
I want you to hear this with the gravity of the word of God being spoken right now. This is not an idea. This is not like a parent trying to get their child to do something. This is, this is scripture. So my heavenly father also will do to each of you if from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Why would the consequences be so extreme for unforgiveness? I mean, it just seems so, it's so, it feels so unlike God when I read that. Just to be really frank. Like, it, it, he, knowing he's so compassionate, so merciful, so forgiving. And then there's this verse that just Jesus throws in there. So my heavenly father is going to do. This is no longer story. He's like, you have to understand, this is what's going to happen to you if you don't choose to forgive people from your head and from your heart. From your head is, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. And inside, you're still just. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's from your head, from your heart. You have to have a heart change. Your heart posture has to change as well as your thoughts. And why would it be so extreme? Why couldn't it be like, man, like, you're, you're going to need to, like, figure this out. You know, you'll get forgiven when you forgive. You know, there's, like, all these other things you could have, like, tried to figure out some way. I want you to remember something. Go back with me for a second. Psalm 103. You are crowned with God's nature. In this exchange, the consequences are so severe because God is safeguarding the expression of his heart towards people. God is safeguarding his nature that your life is intended to display towards others. You are wearing something that says grace, mercy, loving kindness, compassion. And then you are choosing to engage in an expression that doesn't reflect that. And you are fully misrepresenting the nature of God in those exchanges. That all of a sudden, that your life, that is meant, that people are meant to see God's nature in, what they're experiencing is something diametrically opposed to the very thing God would want his people to know that he is about. The way that he chose to introduce himself to the children of Israel, I am the Lord your God, merciful and full, abounding in hesed. I have hesed for thousands. And then you turn around wearing that title, wearing that name, and choose to display. Man, when you cut me off the other day, when you lied to me, when you said this, when you, when you betrayed my trust in this way, now obviously some of us sitting, are sitting in this room with deep trauma. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, you guys, from my own place of being abused and trauma in my past that I had to unpack and recognize for the last 30 some odd years, I've held on to issues towards people. And I've allowed it to shape my interactions with people. The very people that were meant to experience God's mercy through my life were experiencing something very different. 
I'm not saying this to you because I don't, I don't understand abuse. <laughs> I'm not saying this to you because I don't understand the deep and painful process and journey that many of us have walked in. I'm saying this because God's chosen to give you his nature. God's chosen to give you his nature. And we walk around on our high horses. Jesus' intensity around this subject is to safeguard how the world would experience his father. Do you understand that there are people that will never know the father except through your interaction with them? You walk into that restaurant and the server is rude, forgets your stuff, and you have an opportunity to display the Father abounding in Hesed. I don't tip unless it's good service. No, you have an opportunity to display God's very nature with you. Forgiveness, guys, in this way, is all about you choosing to partner with God's nature. That you get to choose and partner with God's very nature, that he's put it on your head, that you get to wear as a display to people. Not only that, but when you lock into this understanding, it means that you get to stand before God and say, hey God, according to your hesed, I need provision right now. God, according to your hesed, I need forgiveness. According to your hesed, I need a miracle. God, according to, to who you are, I need this situation. I need deliverance in this situation. Are you understanding? This is huge, right? All right, so there's a couple things we want to look at. I'm actually doing really good on time. I could end right now if I wanted to. I have a couple more things to say, so. <laughs> Matthew 18.33 in, um, in the CSB, it says it this way. I just love it. It's, it's in this story, but it, the way that it's written here is it, this is actually a more accurate translation to the words that she used in Greek. It says this, shouldn't you, or, or Aramaic, I guess, and I don't really know what original language it was there. Most likely Greek. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Okay, so we have to understand something. God's forgiveness, God's hesed, the way that he chooses to interact with people is first and foremost based on who he is, on his nature. Okay? The second I found, and this is, this is a secret, like a key that, if I can give you guys something this morning to empower your ability to begin to walk this out. Because remember, this, this story that Jesus just said, right, that he just gave, it started with Peter asking, what do I do when someone does something to me? And then they come and apologize. Is that what he said? No. He said, what do I do 
if someone does something to me, and then they keep doing it to me. <laughs> what happens, Jesus? And Jesus says, if you don't forgive like my father forgives, there's, it's intense. Not, not if someone does something to you and then apologizes the way that you want them to apologize. Not when someone apologizes and says, I'm never going to do this again. Not when someone apologizes and then also communicates the commitment to a whole thing and like, I'm doing this thing and I'm engaging this. Now, all that's really healthy when we talk about trust and boundaries and rebuilding relationship and reconciliation. There's a rebuilding process that's necessary. But none of that is connected to your heart posture of forgiveness that says any person that comes up to me is about to experience God-like mercy over their life. Are you hearing me? I'm, you have to like, have made a decision in your world that says any person that walks up to me, what they're about to experience is God-like mercy. Not human-like mercy. God-like mercy extended over them. It says, I'm about to extend. You're about to experience hesed. And it's God's nature, not mine, because I'd kill you if I had the opportunity. I'm just saying, intensity, Pastor Panda, just, just, you know, I'm just saying. Do you, you understand, though, that's, that's actually the implications. If it was, if it was human-like, it would be about to experience just, like, not justice, not God justice, judgment. My judgment. Because I'm convinced, I know, I know why you did what you did. Even though somehow I don't, because I don't actually know your heart. <laughs> it's a whole other, whole other conversation. We're not going to go down that road for a moment. Why? How can we do this as a people? For me, I've, I've, I've come back to a couple key ideas. You guys ready for that? Yes? Good. I need you to be ready. Good. There's two verses. And it's one big thought expressed in a couple different ways. Are you ready? 2 Corinthians 5.16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. <laughs> I've taught from this so many times, you guys. But I'm going to tell you what, the actual implications of this, I did not know until seven months ago, eight months ago. And including... Last, last Thanksgiving, when I went on my own personal process and journey for months. I, I honestly, like, I, this, I teach this, I live it, I, all, this, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you realize, like, wait a second. God's actually called us to not, to not look at each other according to the flesh. That if, if anyone is in Christ, they are now a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. There, we have to train ourselves to see each other the way that God sees each other. We have to train our eyes to not be distracted by the repeated offenses of people around us. We have to train ourselves. Some of us do this really well with people that we really love, you know, your favorite child. Because you, you all know you have favorites. I mean, you guys do because you only have one. So I'm kidding. I don't have favorites. <laughs> Parents are like, like partly offended and also confused because I'm like, I kind of do. Like, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just peeling the layers back, you guys. We gotta be real. We gotta be real as a family. I don't have favorites, but I do have a favorite age. I will say that. I, I do have favorite a favorite age. They're all past it now, so. 
<laughs> Pray for my kids because they're all past my favorite age. It means. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> know each other according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. You don't get distracted by the repeated offenses, the repeated things, the, the, all of the stuff. How, how can God look at us and extend such incredible mercy towards us when you're in the middle of all of your junk? I mean, think about it. This is, this is what's crazy. You're in the middle of committing the worst imaginable sin. And God's heart for you hasn't changed. Because Why? He's abounding in Hesed. And Hesed for thousands. He has more than enough. He doesn't run out. You could never out sin God's grace and mercy. You could do the same thing every day, every hour. And he would still look past that into the beauty of how he's formed and fashioned you. He would be able to, he wouldn't be distracted by it at all. He would see through that according to the creature, the new creation that he's forming you into. We have to train ourselves to see each other that way. We have to train each other to see past and not be distracted by the failures and things that are happening. We need to disciple each other. We need to call each other up. We need to have healthy confrontation, healthy relationships, boundaries. That's another message. You guys understand. I don't, I don't want to keep qualifying it. But you have to understand that there is, there is that, that component. But don't be fooled. Many of us go to that conversation when we haven't truly grabbed hold of forgiveness and seen each other according to the Spirit. Many of us jump too close to boundaries because we want to justify the unforgiveness. We've stewarded it in our heart. Many of us want to talk about boundaries and justice when really what you're looking for is judgment and self-justification and self-righteousness. Why? You know why I can say that? Because every person that I've sat with that has discovered God's hesed in their life in this way, their attitude towards other people profoundly shifts in a moment. And every sense of self-justification oozes away. And every need for boundary oozes away. Every every like fear, anxiety-driven interaction oozes away. Every time I've sat with people and every time in my life when I get back to this place, my need to communicate boundaries to someone disappears. Why? Because I'm so captivated by God's mercy. And I'm so ready to extend that and engage in that with people. We are already, this is the second idea, same, same idea, but second expression. We're already seated with Christ in heavenly places, meaning we make it. You understand? That person, this is actually in my notes. I'm just going to read it because it's funny. That person who is acting like a total turd makes it in the end. <laughs> I did actually write that in my notes that way. Just saying. Ephesians 2, listen to this verse. Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. 
and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, so in other words, in all the future ages, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Holy smokes. Do you understand, like, all of the, the craziness in your life? When you, when you receive forgiveness, God is displaying the richness of his grace. Like, the, the, the aboundingness. Like, he doesn't run out. He's a multi, multi-billion, trillionaire, quadrillionaire in grace. And the way that he displays it is on your sorry behind. When you choose to keep making the same bad choices, and he interacts with you, and he's like, check this out. Bank account's still full. Here's some more. Check it out. You thought, I was, you thought I, I'd run out? I didn't, and I still have more. That's what, that's what this verse is saying. It's literally saying he's going to display it on you. It's the gift, and I love this. For, and this is where this, this classic verse on salvation comes from. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Come on. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Forgiveness and mercy displays the richness of the individual giving it. Did you hear me? I'm almost done. Literally, I have two lines left. This is the second to the last line. Forgiveness and mercy displays the richness of the individual giving it. Unforgiveness, I want you to hear this. Unforgiveness is rooted in lack and poverty mentality. It is one of the biggest expressions of a scarcity mindset. God's called us as his children. We have access, we are co-heirs with Christ. That means you actually have access to that same bank account that God does. That means you can forgive and not run out of more. It means you can, you can extend mercy, and even if somebody betrays that mercy, you extend mercy, and they take advantage of it, and they just do it again. Do you understand that it, you are actually displaying the richness of your life in giving it again? Do you hear me? You extend forgiveness, and that person just took advantage of it and manipulated it and did it again and t- whatever. And you, you extend mercy and forgiveness, you're actually displaying that you have found access to an unending supply. That you are abounding in grace and kindness. Isn't that wild? I'm telling you, when I got this, you guys... The idea of being able to extend mercy and forgiveness, it transformed for me. That we're called to be this people, that when somebody walks in here, they're mystified at like, like confused at how much grace and mercy they experience. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you want to be the, the people where someone comes up and, and like they know they did something wrong and they're kind of like hiding and you just give them a hug anyways. You're like, I love you so much. Oh man, you're the best. And it's not disingenuous. You're incredible. You're called to greatness. Ah, doesn't Dustin know what Tim did? I do. And he's incredible. God's formed and fashioned him. Why? I'm not seeing him according to the flesh. 
I've got God's heart for him. And so now when he does stuff to me that hurts me and offends me, makes fun of me and calls me Pastor Panda before I preach, <laughs> I can extend mercy and grace and it's not, a, it's not fake. I'm not trying to convince myself. I'm not, I forgive Tim. I forgive Tim. I forgive Tim. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I forgive Tim. It's not that. It's actually the fact that like, oh my gosh, right now, Tim's about to encounter God. He's about to experience God's nature. Not because I'm God. You understand that? It's because God's crowned me with his loving kindness. He's crowned me with his nature. And in this interaction now, Tim comes face to face with God's goodness. He comes face to face with God's mercy. And it's the kindness of God, it's the hesed of God that brings people to repentance. It's not judgment. It's not explanation. It's not this thing where I tell Tim all of the terrible things he did to me so that he can truly understand how bad he hurt me. It's none of that. It's the fact that he comes to me and he encounters mercy and God's nature through our interactions and through my heart posture towards him. Are you guys hearing me? Come on, stand with me.